Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we are going to be talking about all of the events from Thursday, March 11th of 2021. Um, A pretty busy day, I'm not going to lie. There's, wow, there's something for everyone. So this could be a longer episode, so we'll jump in really quickly. Um, I just want to say... I am pretty much going to be sticking to just official events today. Um, Not a whole lot of commentary, although there will certainly be some, um, but just in an effort to not make this a really extensively long episode, this is what we're going to do. So I'm just going to try and stick to official calendar events and not have a whole ton of commentary, but that never works out well for me. So we'll see what ends up actually happening. Um... But yeah, with that, let's go ahead and jump right in to the Belgian royal family. Belgium today there was just one event and that is that King Philippe held a virtual meeting with uh, young people involved with an organization called Youth at Risk um, which is kind of a self-explanatory organization name um, but it works with the goal of helping young people vulnerable young people um, between the ages of 15 to 21 um, transition successfully into living adult life independently um, So for those who don't have a background in this, I know this is commentary, but like they have one event. Um, I'm trying to make each segment like five minutes. So I've got some time. Um, Inner workings of how this podcast goes. Um, Trying to get to 35 minutes is about five minutes per family. Um, But for those who don't know, vulnerable populations, vulnerable young people um, will tend to live in a cyclical pattern um, where they kind of perpetuate poverty that they grew up in or perpetuate the circumstances that have been the cause of their now vulnerability. Um, And so ways to prevent this, and Europe is really, really good about this, is by investing in them and providing a lot of different resources to assist them in this transition to adulthood so that Um, They don't turn into impoverished adults, um, even though they were as children. Um, So Europe, most social democracies um, where tax 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 money is utilized in a way that takes care of everyone else, um, does this really well. They put money into government organizations, but also nonprofit organizations don't have to fight so hard to get money. Um, I've worked for nonprofits and the amount of effort it takes to fund them is incredibly difficult. And in, and that's here in the States Um, and in Europe and social democracy countries, it's not like that. That doesn't exist. Um, it's not as hard to, you know, fill out an application for a grant, and it's not as um, hard to receive those grants because 
there's enough money to go around. Um, and so it focuses on investing in uh, the people and works to create a better life for everyone. Um, and so this is something that creates that um, barrier for young people to receive the help they need and the information they need to not go back into um, the cycle that they grew up in. So a really cool event, and we're actually going to have a very similar event here in a little bit with a different country. Um, so I think it's really interesting that that worked out that way. But um, yeah, it was really cool. I appreciated that. So that was it for Belgium today. Um, I don't quite know what the rest, if there's anything tomorrow on the schedule, um, but just a reminder, I forgot to do this at the intro. This is the last episode for the week, so we'll come back on Monday. Um, for those who have gotten used to the Tuesday through Saturday schedule, I'm sorry, I'm with you. I'm, get, I'm used to it too, um, but I'm trying something new, seeing what works for me the best, um, and I'm trying something different every single month. So... For March, we're going Monday through Friday, episode posting, and seeing if that works for me. Um, but yeah, so that is what was going on in Belgium, and so now we are going to go ahead and move on to the British royal family. In the UK today, there was just one public-facing event, um, and that is that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge visited a school, and I think it's called the 21 School or School 21. We'll find out when I peek into the court circular for sure, um, but they were there to promote this program that has officially launched across the whole of the UK um, in schools um, called Mentally Healthy Schools, which is a way to give um, education centers resources to promote um, mental health education and also um, for teachers and to help create mentally healthy environments, which I think is really cool. And so this is an initiative that I think mainly Kate has like been working on um, with the Royal Foundation for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Um, and it's a perfect time for it to start kind of launching because the UK just returned to schools in-person learning on Monday. Sorry, had to think about what day it was. And, um, you know, mental health right now is really hard for a lot of people. I know I had a really crap mental health day today. Um, I kind of took care of myself for a little bit and dealt with it and I'm doing much better, but like just recognizing, Hey, I'm having a really bad day. Um, and you know, there was no reason for it necessarily just living in a pandemic and recognizing that for me, this is like the year. Um, it's kind of the annual mark for the pandemic for me and my personal life. Um, it's just really challenging. So I was dealing with that today and, you know, I took care of myself and I'm honestly doing much better. I had a little nap. I don't, I'm not a person who take na takes naps. I don't really have time for it. Um, I'll sometimes take a nap on Sundays, but like I don't nap. Um, I get up pretty early. I get up at like 7am and I'm up till typically midnight. 
Um, and I don't nap and that's okay. But like today I took a little nap and I took care of myself and I'm feeling really good. So, um, you know, but like, that's because I recognize mental health and I, I am educated in mental health. I'm a educated social worker. Uh, I don't practice, but I'm an educated social worker. And like, I know to recognize those signs for myself and take care of it if I think it's really bad. And today it was really bad. So I dealt with it. Um, but that's what this program mentally healthy schools is teaching kids in the UK is like to recognize these symptoms and create really mentally healthy environments. Um, so I just think that was really awesome. Um, it was a really cool event. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the court circular. I have wised up a little bit and I already saved it. I haven't looked at it yet, but I did save it. Um, so it looks like nothing from Windsor. And then in Clarence House uh, today, the Prince of Wales Royal Founding Patron of Business in the Community held a meeting with representatives from Business in the Community of Scotland via telephone. Um, so that is interesting, I guess, not really. Um, and then at Kensington Palace, the Duke of Cambridge and the Duchess of Cambridge, that's an interesting way to phrase that. Uh, oh, okay, this is why they phrased it. So the Duchess of Cambridge is patron of the Anna Freud National Center for Children and Families, um, which is what launched Mentally Healthy Schools. Okay, so I got it a little wrong there, but not too bad. Um, visited... 20 or school 21 in London. So that was the event that we just talked about. Um, and that's what was going on in the court circular. So overall, a pretty light day for the British royal family. So with that, we're going to go ahead and move on now to Denmark. <laughs> the second day in a row I've talked about Denmark. That's kind of awesome. I'm feeling really good about that. Um, so today, Crown Prince Frederick took part in a digital conference called Management of Resilience in, in Reality, um, which was hosted um, with or by, I guess, by the Crown Prince Frederick Center for Public Management that is um, in the Aarhus University Public no, political science school. Um, and so this is a forum that was really just to um, talk about like the reality we're living in. And um, again, kind of this, we're getting through it. We're being resilient through it. We're going through arguably of most of our lives, the hardest year, right? So I mentioned um, for me, like, today marks the beginning of the pandemic reality for me. Um, and I'll go into a little bit of that in a little bit, uh, in a little bit, I think. Um, but just this year has been really hard, right? And like, we've all survived it. We've all gotten through it. Um, and that alone is just like testament to our resilience as humans, um, as world citizens. And um, you know, what are some of the, the steps that 
um, public service managers and uh, public officials can take to help their employees, but also like the people they serve, achieve this um, resiliency kind of throughout. Like the pandemic has tested us and put us through something, um, but there are lessons to be learned from it that are positive, right? Like for some people, it's as simple as like recognizing the beauty of staying home and connecting with things that are in your like isolation bubble. Um, for others, like for me, it's like a way to, I taught my, I learned to have a lot of grace for myself in the past year. Um, and that I don't have to be perfect all the time, right? Like there are things that people have learned over this year that are really positive that they'll take with them, um, through the rest of their lives. And so how do we put that into action to create a better public sector? Um, I think they didn't give a whole lot of detail and I don't understand Danish, but like, it seems like that's what this is about. Um, so props to Frederick for that. Um, so he gave the opening speech and then it was a traditional webinar. Um, and then also today, the Danish Royal House released a video that the Mary Foundation actually released yesterday um, of Crown Princess Mary taking part in a conversation about the um, bullying work that the Mary Foundation is working on right now. Um, and so that was really interesting, but like, I have a hard time with the Mary Foundation, and I, I say this because I don't always know where it fits. Um, you know, of course, it is an official event, but it's not always on the official calendar, so sometimes I have a hard time knowing where to, like, talk about it um, and work through all of that. So, um, I don't know, it's just interesting. Um, but so there was a quote, this is the only quote that I recognize because it translates in Facebook. Um, but it's as someone who works to reduce bullying and as a mother of four, I'm very grateful for the commitment and attention that professionals working with children have to create good and safe communities for it is through the safe communities that our children thrive best, which yes, like cosine 100% that is accurate. Um, so I think that like it's really important work and I don't want to ever not give it credit, but sometimes it's hard to know like if something is just published through the Mary Foundation, do I mention it? Because sometimes I miss it because it, I, it's not always on um, the Royal House's website. It's just sometimes I'm going to miss Mary Foundation things and I, I'm okay with that. Um, but if it's mentioned through the Danish Royal Household, I will definitely talk about it. Um, there has to be a line somewhere for me. Otherwise, I could spend all of my waking hours doing this work. Um, you know, I have probably five of my waking hours dedicated to this. Um, and the rest of it is pretty much to work. And I have an hour, maybe an hour and a half to two hours of relaxing time. Um, and so I have to draw a line. Otherwise, I could be doing this from all day. So that is what was going on in Denmark. And now um, we are just going to go ahead and move right on to the Netherlands.
in the Netherlands today. Um, we actually had a couple of events from Queen Maxima, which was awesome. Um, so first she took part in a digital working visit to the Amsterdam, Am Amsterdam United uh, University Medical Centers, where she was talking with researchers about um, different research projects going on around COVID. Um, so again, a lot of emphasis on the fact that for Europe, this is really like the annual, the, the year anniversary of a lot of things um, in terms of COVID. So the world knew about COVID, uh, generally speaking, in January. I think is maybe the first time I saw it mid-January. Um, it became kind of more of a pub a larger topic of conversation in February, and then it became the scary thing in early March. Um, and while we were all kind of floundering on how to deal with it, um, the research had really started um, because this was an unknown thing. It had to be researched and researched quickly, and it was changing constantly. Um, and that is... Of course, we all lived that, but um, a lot of medical research teams were working on different projects, and so Maxima, in collaboration with um, all the different university medical centers, and maybe just in the Amsterdam area, um, I, I think is what this Amsterdam University Medical Center thing means, Um we're talking about the different research projects that they have been doing um, over the past year. And sometimes those will evolve and sometimes they'll stick with the um, same research project from the beginning and like that project will evolve. Um, but I think that's a really interesting way to mark this kind of year of uh, uh, just rough year that we've had. Um, so that was her first visit. And then next she paid a, another digital working visit, um, to the organization Rooms with Attention, uh, which is also another organization that helps support vulnerable young people transition into an independent adulthood. Um, so I mentioned this in Belgium when we were talking about the Belgian Royal, uh, King Philippe's event earlier, um, but it's a very similar concept. So in Belgium, the organization kind of partners with um, mentors. And this is more of a, it seems like maybe more of like a guided staffed um, situation instead of kind of a one-on-one, -on -one, which I think either work. Um, I will say like in terms of my quote professional opinion, it's not a professional opinion because I'm not doing the work. Um, but like what I think, um, I definitely prefer a mentorship approach to kind of going through these things. Um, but that's, that's what I know. That's what I've done. Um, I've also done things as an intern in group settings and they have worked fairly well. Um, but I think with group settings, there's a bit more of a challenge in terms of relating um, to the whole group, whereas in a mentorship one-on-one -on -one kind of situation, um, you can find different things to build on and build that that's that trust. 
um, between both parties and really have a great successful outcome from that. But I thought it was really interesting. It doesn't happen often that we get to compare things like this um, literally on the same day. So I thought it was really interesting um, that two royal families had an event with very similar organizations. Um, so that's what was going on in the Netherlands, a very cool couple of digital working visits. And I think this is it for their week, um, but we'll see if they have any surprise pop-up events tomorrow uh, in our episode on Monday. But for now, we are going to go ahead and move on to Norway. interesting country today because I'm going to veer off my traditional let's only focus on what's happening on the official world um, because, you know, I, I can. Um, but also, I think the event that I'm going to talk about in just a second is really, really cool. Um, but first, we'll go through the official thing. So today, Crown Prince Akun held a audience with the foreign minister. Um, this was solo. And I think this happens every week or maybe every other. I honestly don't remember. Um, but it definitely happens frequently where they just talk about, um, of course, international affairs um, that Norway needs to be uh, the Norwegian regent needs to be aware of. Um, also, officially, there's still no announcement about King Harald's return. He's not on the calendar yet. Uh, basically, it looks like their calendar ends tomorrow. I am expecting a announcement prior or right after the Council of State meeting at this point. Um, but questions unanswered there still, which I am shocked about. Um, but that's okay learning to work through it. Um, so that was the first thing. And then next, this is kind of the thing that isn't official, but it was very cool. So I'm going to talk about it. So Crown Princess Metamarit has been doing these Instagram live um, interviews with authors. So apparently she has done this before. Um, I know she did one last year in person, um, maybe in like October or something. Um, and I don't really remember when, and it was a, an interview with a Norwegian author and they just kind of sat down and had a chat. Um, and so apparently this is like a thing that she does, but because 2020 was really weird, it didn't happen a lot last year. And then because 2020 is cycling into 2021 because of the pandemic, that is just always around. Um, she transitioned to doing these on Instagram live. Um, so she has her own Instagram account. It's lovely. Um, and she did one last week and I noticed it, but it was all in Norwegian and it's an Instagram live video. So you can't 
like watch closed captioning on it. Um, so I didn't watch it. I wasn't um, quite sure what was happening because everything was in Norwegian. I couldn't figure out for the life of me what was going on. Um, but today or a couple days ago, it was announced that she was going to be having an interview with Cheryl Strayed, who is an American author. Um, she is the author of the widely recognized Wild, uh, which is now a movie with, with Reese Witherspoon, which I've never seen. I've read the book, um, and I'm actually going to read the book again. I think I might even own the book. I don't know. I have it rented, though, from the library. Don't even look at my books anymore because I just use my library and Kindle app. Um, but so they had an interview over Instagram Live. I'm not going to go into a lot of the details because of time, but I have um, posted the, the discussion on my website, the Daily Royal. So I've linked, I've put the link to the Instagram IGTV video, um, for people to listen to because Cheryl Strayed is an American. It's in English, um, which is delightful. And it was just a really good conversation. Like I really, truly enjoyed it. Um, it was just really awesome. I think it's because I love Cheryl Strayed and her books so much. Like, I loved this event. It was really cool, um, which is why I'm talking about it. I just really enjoyed it. But however, I am going to say this one thing, and you can watch this in the, the video, but there was this like really weird conversation about weather and apparently it snowed a ton in Oslo because it's Norway and like of course it did. It's only early March. Like of course it snowed. Um but then Metamar was talking about how Crown Prince Akun had to shovel out to get the car out of the driveway. Which maybe shouldn't shock me because they seem very normal. But like what? He's the crown prince, and he's serving as regent right now, and he has to shovel his way out of his own driveway? Like, what? <laughs> Use your privilege, people. Use it. I, if I were a crown prince or princess, I would use my privilege in this moment. Hate shoveling snow. Hate it so much. Like, I don't know. It's so... I just love that so much. Like, what a normal thing to have to shovel your own way out of your driveway so you can get to your meeting with the foreign minister. What? I love it. Okay, I love it. So, anyway, that's what was going on in Norway today. I loved every minute of this interview. Like I said, you can check it out on thedailyroyal.com. Um, or Crown Princess Metamara's Instagram, but I'm going to link you there anyway. So like, it's just easier. Um, so that's what was going on in Norway. And now let's go ahead and move on to Spain. Spain today, uh, King Felipe and Queen Letizia took part in the um, state act of recognition and memory 
for the European Remembrance Day for Victims of Terrorism. This event was held at the Royal Palace uh, in Madrid. There are some beautiful gardens near, uh, within the palace. Um, I, I think they're maybe open to the public in a normal um, time, I, I think. Um, but they're beautiful. So I don't know if these are private palace gardens or if they are open. Um, but anyway, they're beautiful. Um, and so this day is a day that literally everyone in the European Union uh, can take part in. Um, last year, the event was held in Paris. Um, and this year, with the collaboration of um, the president of the Foundation for Victims of Terror in Spain, um, King Felipe himself, as well as many others, I'm sure the Prime Minister and uh, European Union officials um, all put together this event that would happen in Spain this year. Um, and so the day was created to commemorate the March 11th bombings in Madrid um, and has been kind of turned into this European Union Day um, for every city, every European Union citizen that has been affected by terrorism acts um, to have a day of remembrance for the victims. So there is everywhere, but in Europe specifically recently, um, has been an exceptionally high level of terrorism. Um, so today is the, the 17th anniversary of 11M, which is the bombings in Madrid. In 11 days, there was an attack on Brussels in Belgium in 2016. Um, wow, I just realized that's been five years. Um, Paris was in, there was something in 2015. There was something, I mean, there's just so many terrorist attacks in everywhere but in Europe um, that so many places have come to join in on this day. Um, so like I said, last year it was held in Paris um, and, you know, this has no consequence, but it was, it was interesting. So King Felipe and Queen Letizia did go um, to Paris on the 11th of March last year. Um, Right, and it was like this really weird time. COVID was just getting really scary. Um, and people, I, I think including me, I can't remember if I talked about it last year or not in this episode, but like I was so confused as to why they were go going. Um, I know I commented on uh, that blowing a kiss seemed to be the new way of greeting people. Um, and it was just weird. Um, and then I think like personally, I was having some internal conversation, like personal conversations about, um, just future things and recognizing that they would probably get canceled. Um, and just like a lot of that was kind of all happening at the same time. So 
this for me is kind of what marks that year, which is interesting. Um, but I think it's because I vividly remember so many of the conversations I was having, having on this day, um, because it marked kind of the end of normal for me. So, but anyway, like that's not important, right? Like the event today was extremely important. It was extremely beautiful. Um, they had children read the, um, the European Commission, the European Union has something that's like focused on the rights of people. Um, so they had children who were born on the 11th of March and the 12th of March of 2004 read these. Um, so they're, you know, one was celebrating their 17th birthday and the other is turning 17 tomorrow. Um, and so that was really cool. There was a um, male ballerina who did this beautiful um, dance. It was gorgeous. Um, and there were speeches, one from someone who lost a family member in the Brussels attack. That is, uh, that happened just about five years ago that we just talked about. Um, and then King Felipe gave a speech as well, um, where, you know, he talked about the importance of remembering and also he talked about how terrorism, um, you know, does not stop democracy, uh, which is one of the goals of terrorism is to stop the way democratic nations work. Um, it's never effective. I don't know why they keep trying. It, it doesn't ever work, um, especially in these stronghold democracies, but they keep trying and it's awful every time. Um, so it was a really good speech and it was all held outside. It looked beautiful. It just, what a beautiful way to remember. And, you know, I mentioned this yesterday, but like, I love that Europe and Spain do these things to remember these events. Like, I just, I love that. I think it's, um, really, you know, Americans have this thing that we like never forget September 11th of 2001, but like, we don't live it. And it seems like Spain... Spain and Spaniards live it. They, they live this, like, we aren't going to forget what happened and why it happened and why it's important that we don't forget it. Um, so I just really appreciate that. So that's what was going on in Spain. And now we are moving on to Sweden. Finishing off in Sweden today. Oh boy. Um, I'm not sure in what direction, in what order to do this. Okay, this is how we'll start it. So we'll start with the event and then continue. So today, King Carl Gustav, Queen Sylvia, Prince Carl Philip, and Princess Sophia attended a memorial service at Drottingholm Palace uh, to mark the first anniversary of the first COVID-related death in Sweden. Um, so this was a 30-minute church service, um, live-streamed, I think it was live-streamed, to um, one of the Swedish news stations, uh, Sverige Television. Um, and it was somber, of course, because it's a memorial service. Um, 
but kind of healing in terms of like it these events right so like when Spain held their state service in June or July honoring victims um it's a way for the country to come together collectively in mourning um you know we in the U.S. didn't really have anything like that until uh January I would say 19th um the day before the inauguration our now president and vice president kind of gathered and had a a small ceremony um, to what was then, I think, like 450,000 people that had died of COVID. Um, And it was kind of the first time the country could come together and mourn. Um, And those collective moments are so important um, because even though, like, yes, the whole world is literally in this fight against COVID together, Um, It can be super isolating, and if you're not given a chance by your country to um, feel a part of something, it's really hard. Um, So, you know, it's why every kind of message coming out of the UK has been, Brits, we can do this together. Um, It's why Spain had a memorial service in July, um, because tensions were high and, like, they needed a a way to commemorate this all together. Um, It's why Joe Biden did something when we reached 500,000 Americans dead of COVID. Um, You know, it's a way to collectively mourn and and feel like you're not in this alone. Um, And so I think that's really important. Um, And this, of course, was really important as well. However, hours earlier... Not even, well, maybe a few hours earlier, the news was released that Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel would not be able to attend the memorial service that they were scheduled for because they have been, they have tested positive for COVID-19. So it seems like they have some cold symptoms or at least that's what they came down with yesterday. They were of course tested immediately, um, and are now quarantining with their children. Um, but they do both have COVID. Um, and so instead of them going, Carl Philip and Sophia went to the chapel, um, to take part in this with the King and Queen. Um, they also mentioned in the statement that the royal family is, uh, the royal, the doctor for the royal family is doing the contact tracing, um, and just, you know, making sure that everyone who needs to can quarantine and is tested. And, um, you know, I will say this one, this, for particularly Prince Daniel, it is, um, concerning that he has COVID um, because he is, he has suffered from kidney disease, which he actually sent a message about earlier today, um, which I will talk about in just a second, but I wanted to talk about this first, um, and is immunocompromised. Um, He did receive a kidney transplant um, in 2009, I believe. 
um, right before he married into the family or a year before. Um, and so is, you know, doing fine, um, but is immunocompromised. And I don't like that he has COVID. It worries me. Um, but then also today is World Kidney Day. So uh, Prince Daniel sent out a message uh, before it was announced to the world that he had COVID um, that read, Today is World Kidney Day, a day that highlights kidney diseases and all those who live with them. Globally, 850 million people live with chronic kidney disease. I'm one of them myself, but I was lucky. My kidney disease was discovered on time, and after some time in dialysis, I got a new kidney donated by my dad, which is just the sweetest thing. I love Daniel's, Prince Daniel's father. He's the cutest. Um, not everyone is as lucky. Today, I want to send a special thought to everyone who lives with kidney diseases to all those who wait and fight, and to those who waited in vain. Um, and so, of course, like, that's a beautiful message, and it, it sucks that all of this stuff is just getting overshadowed, um, because this stuff is really, really important. Um, but, of course, like, the crown prince of, crown princess of Sweden having COVID is a big deal. Um, when I was getting ready to pull up the um, memorial service online, it was the first thing on every Swedish newspaper headline that I read. It was, it's a big deal. Um, and this one is definitely, I would say this one kind of tied with Prince Charles getting it at the very beginning have been the scariest for sure. Um, so we're going to end this episode on a really sad note, just kind of in the last two countries were just really upsetting events. Um, sorry about that. And, of course, that's how we're going to leave it for the weekend. So a couple of items for you. Please check out the website, thedailyroyal.com, The Daily Royal on Instagram, and like and review this podcast wherever you're listening. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Have a great day. Bye.